Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fly Crate Podcast. This is the part one of a three-part series on nymphing. We're going to start off with basic beginner information. That way those of you guys who are new to fly fishing um, can better understand what the purpose and the benefits of nymphing um, for trout and for other species um, may entail for you. So let's just get dive right into it. So uh, whether you may know or not, uh, not know, you know, trout typically the majority of their diet consists of subsurface aquatic insects, okay? Whether that be mayfly, caddis, stone, or midge uh, larva, pupa, um, the majority of their food comes from subsurface. And so if you can put more food in front of their faces underwater, <clears throat> then you're better off in the long run to catch more fish. So just because you you're not throwing beautiful dry flies doesn't mean you're not having a good time. There are multiple ways to, to nymph for these fish, but the most important thing to remember is this. Regardless of where the fish are, you're going to have to fish at their level. What I mean by that is, yes, some fish may chase, but your goal will always be to put the nymph as close to the feeding fish as you can. Now, depending on certain parts of the year, or certain times of the year, rather, that spot's going to be different. As we're rounding fall into winter, fish are going to become bottom feeders in some cases um, after they've already finished their spawn cycle or their chase cycle. So moving into the wintertime when we're fishing typically midges, because again, we have to find the food source just like any fly fishing. We have to find the forage, find the food source, and in the wintertime, we won't see very many hatches with the exception of midges. Midges will hatch all year long. And so in the winter, when we're fishing our zebra midge, our um, uh, juju uh, betas, our, um, what else, any any midge imitation really, our uh, rainbow warrior, those, fi- those, those flies will have to be typically slow and low. So as a rule of thumb, slow and low will probably find some fish. Now when you're fishing in fast moving water, that you can't really trek across yourself with your feet. We often see people fishing indicators. Now, this might be deep water, it might be fast water, but indicators. There are a couple different types of indicators that all have their advantages and disadvantages depending on the time that you use them. For example, if you're fishing an indicator, and by indicator I do mean bobber in some cases, in that case I'm talking about a thingamabobber or some other hard plastic uh, indicator, strike indicator, or bobber that typically can hold up fairly heavy flies, and they come in a variety of sizes up um, as well. You also have yarn indicators, just like you can have mul- you can have just regular yarn, wool, or you can also utilize, like for example, a New Zealand style indicator system. That is great for detecting subtle takes. It also is great for uh, really light flies, but it does have its disadvantages that it won't hold very heavy flies for too long or or nymph systems. Now, the other option would be a tab, a tab-style sticker that's brightly colored and sticks to your leader or your tippet. These are great as well. It's kind of like a blend of the two as far as their performance. They, they float high, they, they never sink, but you can't adjust them like the other two. So take that in consideration that if you're fishing multiple waters, then it might not be the best option unless you plan on changing leaders or tippets. Let's get back to flies. So if you've chosen your correct, your correct indicator, 
it's it's typically when you're fishing an indicator, you want to fish anywhere from one and a half to two times the length of or the depth rather that you're going to fish that length in tippet. So from your indicator to your point fly, your weight or wherever at the bottom, the last thing, you want at least 1.5 to two times that depth in the length of that tippet or leader. There are other systems as well. That's basically nymph rig in a nutshell under an indicator. And you could also run these nymphs under, instead of an indicator, a, a dry fly as well, uh, especially in smaller waters. So you can either run a nymph, uh, a nymph under, or a pair of nymphs, depending on your regulations, under your indicators or your dry fly. There's also Euro-style nymphing, which doesn't require either of those. If you want to really get to the brass tacks, nuts, and bolts in, in Euro-nymph exactly the way the Europeans do, give or take, full disclaimer, you would need a, a long, uh, non-tapered line, long monofilament or fluorocarbon leader, upwards of sometimes 20 feet, depending, with a cider, which is a colored piece of monofilament or fluorocarbon, between your running line and your tippet, oftentimes tied with a, with a tippet ring. But that's not necessarily required. Sometimes... If I notice the situation is adequate for it, I will just take my weight forward line that's already on my rod, and I will I will just add a longer piece of, of tippet to it and use my fly line as a cider. Now, in really spooky waters, this might not work as well. However, there are plenty of opportunities where that works very well. The type of rod... Typically, for nymphing, the better the, the the longer the better. Reason being is because you want to get that rod up and above and, and uh, reaching out far over the fish. Because trying to do that with a seven and a half or an eight and a half foot rod, even sometimes a nine foot rod, can be tedious. So what you'll typically see in nymphing rods is they're anywhere from ten foot onward, sometimes up to thirteen foot, depending on the water system you're going to fish. Doesn't mean you can't fish with your nine foot rod or your eight and a half foot rod. But longer rods make things a little easier sometimes. So your five weight, your four weight, your six weight, whatever you have, and whatever length you have will work for sure. It's just a matter of finding the balance between what type of indicator, what type of leader, length, and fly system you want to run. One of the easiest ones for beginners to run is just a point fly system. You have a very heavy fly all the way down at the end of your tippet with a few smaller, lighter flies above it. Usually, finding success is fairly easy whenever you can put most of the flies towards the bottom, but it depends on the water system, obviously. That's probably the easiest way. I'll directly run through one line. Another option would be to run those same flies to a piece of split shot down at the bottom or multiple pairs of split shot. But that'll be dependent again on the water and the depth you need to get to. I would definitely recommend getting as low and slow as you can to start. Hopefully this was informative. If you did, please give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. Please also share the podcast with others. We really appreciate it. And stay tuned for the part two intermediate nymphing rig systems as well as techniques because we're only going to try and keep these short and sweet 
And that way you folks can get a better understanding and a quick delivery uh, through the podcast. So we appreciate it. Again, my name is Colt Norbaker. I appreciate you guys listening. Stay tuned and tight lines.